0: it's hard to do something that is unfamiliar or scary. Oftentimes, the thought of how it could be hard or impossible takes away opportunities of making memories. These are the stories of us overcoming our fears and making memories.
1: Hi, I'm Ella, and I like reading, going on bike rides, and looking at impressionist art.
2: And I'm Becky, I like hiking, horseback riding, and animals.
0: I'm Megan, and I like drawing, reading, and having a pet frog. Welcome to Modern Stories Podcast, episode number one. Today, we're telling stories about overcoming. So our stories are us overcoming some of the hardest, but small things that make life hard. Let's get started with Ella and her story called Enjoying the View from Here.
1: standing on top of pyramid point a sand dune that's part of sleeping bear dunes national lakeshore in northern michigan um i live in ann arbor michigan so this is just four hours north of me the water was this beautiful bright teal and it was set against several white almost vertical dunes um honestly it felt kind of like the cliffs of greece instead of the coast of lake michigan um As I was looking out directly in front of me, there was a sign that read, Please enjoy the view from here. Don't risk injury and rescue fees by going down, or the two hours it may take to climb back up. I was with a group of my friends who are very adventurous, and they were already halfway to the bottom, leaving just me and two of my other friends at the top. As I watched, They stepped and they slid all the way down where they reached this tiny little strip of beach between the dunes and the water, um, and they immediately started swimming. The little dots of their bodies bobbed and waved up at us, asking us to stop standing there and just come down and swim with them. So originally, my anxiety started with panic attacks in the middle of the night. Um, It moved only from disrupting my sleep a couple nights a week to... Um, interrupting my day at random times for seemingly random reasons or triggers. Uh, After learning more about the specific anxiety that I was experiencing and why my panic attacks happened, I was able to understand that my brain was taking symptoms that I would feel during a panic attack, like shortness of breath or a racing heart, and connecting them to the way I would feel during everyday activities. For instance, if I got out of breath from going on a hike or really hot from being in the sun for a while, my body was used to feeling these symptoms in the context of a panic attack. And so sometimes they would turn into one. So as I was standing at the top of Pyramid Point, this knowledge was in my head uh, and the forefront of my mind as I stood looking out over the edge of this beautiful dune. While the thought of climbing straight up a sandy dune for two hours or calling an emergency rescue team to get us up if something went wrong was enough to make me and hopefully anyone hesitate, that wasn't actually the first thing holding me back. Instead, my anxious, hot, out of seth out of breath self was desperately hoping that I would not have a panic attack on the Sleeping Bear National Lakeshore, while my normal, curious, adventurous self was begging me to go down the dune with my friends and have a good time. This had been a common theme for me, the dialogue between my brain while it's really anxious and then my brain that I've been used to my whole life. Often it comes down to how much space I'm willing to give my anxiety and often it's pretty irrational and does not deserve any space. So this time standing on the edge of the dune, imagining the joy of sliding down and the way that the refreshing teal water would feel, I decided that I would not miss out on this memory and give it away to my anxiety.
0: If you had the chance, would you do it
1: again? Yes, I would do it again. It was really fun. Would you make your decision faster next time? Um, I think knowing how it felt going up, um, I would because it was not as bad as I was um, making it up to be in my head. And was it hard to get back up to the top? It was hard. It was decently hard, but it wasn't... It wasn't at all like I was expecting that we might need a rescue team or something like that. We were able to just get up to the top in about 30 minutes and we were out of breath, but it wasn't terrible at all. Okay, next we have Becky and her story called No Fear of Heights.
2: my story you can see it from miles away this huge blue tower standing high above the crop field of hoxie kansas and hoxie kansas is actually where my mother grew up and so i have a whole bunch of family down there and what i was looking at is the harvest store and it was once used to um, hold all the grains on my grandpa and grandma's farm and for years the huge tower stood up against the dangerous winds of the plains and even a bunch of tornadoes that would raid through there and until a large shed was taken by a twister and hit the blue steel, denting the harvester, it was never used again. Along the side of the harvester is a ladder allowing cl- workers to climb up the really huge tower and even a couple of my young family members and I. And so my sister asked me one day, what if we climbed it today? We don't need to tell our parents until after we get down. That was her genius idea to 13 year old me in the middle of a mild November, It's cold outside. And so my sister, a family friend, my cousin, and I put on sturdy shoes, light jackets, and walked out the door of the fam- of my family's farmhouse. We waltzed our way up the hill, the impending 90-foot tall tower beckoning us. My teenage self was absolutely terrified of heights, but I would never, ever say something as I, as I would be made fun of it for years if I chickened out. My hands began to shake as did my knees, and the closer we got to the harvester, Um, As we neared the white freezing cold metals of the ladder, up my family friend went and then my cousin, my sister, and then I went right behind them and I was absolutely horrified. My hands shook and clammed up and yet I still reached for the ladder and I pulled myself up. The climbing was easy. The only problem was when I needed to stop and warm my hands. The ladder did not stand alone. It had a metal cage that surrounded it that was kind of bars that went around it to keep anyone safe as they went up. And wore my hands, I tried to prop my body against the metal cage. But it was farther away than I thought it was. And so I almost fell back until I, gre- I grabbed one of the rungs in front of me. So I did not fall at all. But it absolutely horrified me. And I was shaking worse than ever. And so I just grabbed for the rungs and I just kept going up. Because I did not want to have to climb down and be... Absolutely horrified from my family making fun of me for years, and when I reached the top, it was beautiful. And I took a huge leap of faith and just kept climbing to the top, and praying it was not a story that would end. That would be the end of my life. Hoping God had more pl- had more planned for my life, I started to climb and did not stop until he reached my family. Which was basically what I was really trying to get for. I was really just trying to get up there to get to my family, because I would be safe up there, because I knew they were all fine and safe up there. And it, as I said, it was just beautiful. The scenery that welcomed me was just absolutely stunning. The photos that I still have in my phone are as stunning and knee-shaking as the huge height and scenes that that I had seen that day. As we climbed back down the ladder, my knuckles white against the rungs, whistles of our parents called for us for a verbal butt whooping. At the base of the harvest store stood my parents, and aunts and uncles, and even some of my cousins. And they started yelling at us right away asking, what had you three been thinking? Someone could have fallen off, although the the words had been angry. I could tell it on their faces. They were really proud of us. We did it, we climbed to the top and back safely.
1: Thanks for sharing, Becky. Do you think the view was worth that climb?
2: Oh yeah, it was beautiful up there. You could see for miles. When you got back down, what'd your parents do? they were so mad at us they yelled at us for so long but my mom she's been up there a billion times so she was actually really proud of us that we went up and down and here is megan with her story called i don't want this to end
0: there was a moment last year it was time to choose roommates this was scary for me i'm not the most social person in the world The ideal class time for me is to doodle in my notes and talk to no one. To talk to anyone I don't know previously is like walking into a war zone. But thankfully for me, I was social enough to have someone reach out to me and ask me to join the room. A massive relief. All I had to do was find someone to be my roommate. And I was so lucky that Mackenzie, my friend from second grade, and we've been friends for like 11 years, was wanting to be my roommate we had done so much together we of course played barbies when we were in elementary school kenzie having a was barbie with a talking dalmatian named spot i was a super genius werewolf with a boyfriend who sat up in bed every morning declaring good morning minecraft was in middle school it was so fun to build worlds together although i still have never defeated the ender dragon And in high school, we were introduced to Dungeons and Dragons. Even there, our friends were best buds, both of us having a blast. It's amazing that we've been friends for so long, but rooming together was terrifying. We've had, we have heard stories of people who thought they would be friends forever, rooming together and hating each other after. It seems like a real possibility to us. And Mackenzie and I, despite having all this time together, fully understand how different we are. I am a morning person and she is a night owl. Almost every sleepover we've ever had ended with me going home before she would woken up. I feel like I have a more free schedule and like to be lazy and get together with friends on a whim. And Kenzie, she packs her schedule full. And when she has free time, she picks up more shifts. It felt like we would end up building pet peeves of each other if we ever moved in together. But at the same time, there was no one else I wanted to room with. My previous roommate that I had gotten along with was making plans to live off campus. There was no one else I was close enough with. Plus, sometimes you just want to be close to someone you know. And in the end, I did decide to room with her. And now that a few months have passed, I can say that despite having arguments on why, during the apocalypse, you should have a hammer to stir stew and frozen bread to use as a hammer—oh, by the way, I am completely right in this argument—I don't think our relationship has changed much. We only spend more time doing our favorite things to each other, which is annoying, and lightly making fun of each other, and I have to say, I'm really enjoying it.
2: Have there been any any times that you two have butted heads?
0: Oh, absolutely. What part of friendship doesn't have that? But none of it's large enough to the point where we stay mad at each other for long.
1: I think today that we've learned um, just that small things seem really big at the time. And then after we go through it, um, they end up being less of a big deal than we all expected them. Uh, But they still have this significant uh, moment of growth in our minds. And that is why all of our stories were these seemingly kind of everyday events that had been built up really big in our minds. And then after we have went through them, we understood um, that that was all we needed to do. We needed to just go through them and experience the event and that it turned out just all right.
2: Yeah, I agree. I got to say all of our stories, they were really a good, like, examples of how you can really build something up, as you were saying, and then once you finally get there, you realize it wasn't so bad, and you can just think about it later, and you can get through it and have fun with it.
0: And I think these will be some of the highlights of our lives. Like, we overcame what was truly scary to us in the moment, and now we have these precious memories.
1: Definitely. We want to thank some people for helping us out in this Modern Story podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks to Nick
2: Sweedland and Alyssa Tay for building the podcast studio and giving us access to it.
0: Thanks to all the writers who inspired our stories, and we should thank each other for our our edits.
1: Look for the next episode of Modern Story Podcast.
0: And lastly, go tell your mother about Modern Story. Or you can tell your hairstylist. Tell your boyfriend. I don't know, I think your dog needs to know too. (laughs)